Kurt Angle is an interesting guy. He spent 20 years-ish in professional wrestling with WWE and Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, which I believe is now Impact Wrestling. You're welcome for that knowledge. He also won a gold medal at the 96 Olympics in freestyle wrestling, and he's a guy that could show you a thing or two about rocking a shaved head. At 53, he is now retired from the ring, but he stays busy as a dad, he takes on acting gigs, He's hosting the Kurt Angle Show podcast, and he's involved with a supplement company called Physically Fit. I talked to him about pain management and substance abuse. Before I knew it, I was taking 65 extra strength bikes in a day. The use of CBD and THC. You know, I was against it for a bunch of years. Now, today, I'm like, man, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> this is my new painkiller. This is what keeps me away from the opiates. And how even elite performers like himself can encounter depression and self-doubt. I was depressed for a while, retiring from amateur wrestling from the Olympics and then retiring from the WWE. I felt like I didn't have a place in life anymore. What's up, man? How's it going? Good, good. How are you? I know you have a WWE contract that it's more like a legacy or legend thing, right? Are you bored or are you keeping yourself busy? What are you, what are you doing I, nowadays? I, I stay busy. I've been doing some movies. Uh, also, I have a supplement company that I own called Physically Fit Nutrition. We're doing pretty well. We have these products, product called Chicken Snacks. They're high protein, low carbohydrate. It's a supplement, a snack stuff, a supplement. And we're doing really well with that. And I also do a podcast every week. I have one today coming up called The Kurt Angle Show. So yep. I keep myself pretty busy and I used to do a lot of stuff at home with my family. Uh, my kids, we have four kids and we're like an Uber all day long. <laughs> Isn't that kind of weird though? On television, you have to be bigger. You have to be bigger than life, right? You have to be out there and you have to be this energized guy that, that captivates an audience. And then at home, you're still dad who must do all of the things that's like not yeah. so glamorous. So it's, it's just this reminder that like everyone's human, you know? You're absolutely right, man. And, and you know, the person in my life that will put me in my place every time is my wife. Yeah, no, I hear you're, that. It keeps me humble. So you have a podcast. I feel like anytime somebody gets hooked up with Conrad Thompson as a co-host, it's kind of like, I don't know, he's, he seems to be everywhere and it seems to be a really good formula for success. How is it, what's the dynamic like? Are there things you're like, hey man, I don't want to talk about some of this stuff. Don't bother with it. Or is it, hey, you know what? Hit me with it. Pretty much hit me with it. You want to keep the ratings high. You want to have people listen to your podcast. You have to tell good stories. And uh, I don't co-host with Conrad anymore. I have oh. another co-host called Paul Bromwell. Uh, we have a lot of great chemistry. But uh, Conrad handed Paul off to me, and I, I was happy to have Paul as my co-host. So we've been doing it for the past year or so. So when you, when you tell those stories, and sometimes I'm sure you're talking some inside baseball stuff, stuff that went on behind the scenes, does anybody ever call you or text you like, yo, dude, what, are you serious right now telling these things? Yeah, you know, I, I get responses on social media from fans. I didn't know that, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> but, but you want to tell the behind the scenes stuff. Some of the funniest stuff that's happened is always behind the scenes and uh, telling those stories for the fans. They absolutely love it. What's up with the movie situation? Cause I was looking at your, your filmography and there's a lot of stuff that you've been in and here's the, here's the best part about it. When you're doing TV stuff and you're showing up as yourself, that's one thing, but when you're playing, you're acting as a role. That's a totally different thing, right? Well, you know, I, I, I always wanted to be involved in movies. I've done my share. I've done about 15 of them. Most of them were independent. I did some big movies, uh, Warrior, 
Pain and Gain, Dylan Dog. So I've done some great movies, but I'm always looking to do more. And, you know, crazy thing is what you just said. I'm usually a different character in the movies. Last two movies I did, I had to be Kurt Angle. What's up with your training these days, man? Because I know being an Olympic gold medalist and then being in professional wrestling or sports entertainment or whatever anybody wants to call it anymore. Look, that takes, that puts a lot of miles on your body, right? So you've had to learn how to train and you've also had to evolve and adapt through all this. Well, you know, my training now is nothing compared to what it used to. What I do today is normally just maintenance. I work out at the gym 20 minutes a day. I do cardio 40 minutes. I don't do a lot of training. I usually do like four sets for each body part. But what, what I'm mostly focusing on right now is I had two knee replacements done at the same time five months ago. And so I go to the gym every day for those, especially. Right. And I, I want to get my knees back to 100%. I'm almost there already, which is, I'm, I'm way ahead of schedule, but that's what I'm really focusing on. And I, I've always, uh, in the last couple of years, I really dieted hard. I wanted to be slimmer, look better, be healthier. And because I got new knees and I, I want to make sure these knees last the rest of my life. And if you're overweight, you're going to, you're going to wear and tear on your knees. I feel like I don't see you as overweight ever. I feel like you seem like a guy that must do, like, if it started to catch up, you'd be like, all right, I'll do something. But even if you're not pounding weights hours a day, you've always been active, right? Like you've always been out there doing things. Yeah. You know, I, the thing is when I started gaining weight was after I retired and uh, this was in 2017 and uh, I kind of let myself go. I was still working out at the gym every day, but I started eating whatever I wanted. And after a while, I went from 225 pounds up to 260. And I didn't look that different, uh, but I was a lot bulkier. My whole body got big, but, but it was just too much weight. And that's the reason why my knees gave out on me and why I had to have knee replacements. So I decided to stay healthier, get my weight around 210 and stay there. And I've been there consistently for about a year and a half. This is a total change of direction here. Are you happy? Are you a happy guy? Yeah, yeah, I'm really happy with my life right now. I was depressed for a while, you know, retiring from amateur wrestling, from the Olympics, and then retiring from the WWE. Uh, I felt like I didn't have a place in life anymore, and I felt out of place. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely love spending time with my family, my wife and kids. But from a career standpoint, I, I just, I thought, what, what can I do next? Like, I've accomplished everything I wanted to, and I don't regret anything that I've done up until now, but, you know, where do I go from here? And I, learned, I had to learn that now I'm, I'm a non-athlete, <laughs> you know? I do go to the gym. I go for a run every once in a while, but I don't do athletic stuff anymore. Now I pretty much work behind the desk and do the podcast, my supplement company, and, and I do take acting classes every week, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much here. This, yeah. is where, this is where I do my work now, which, which is crazy because I really didn't have a job my whole entire life. You know, all I did was train for a living. That was, that was my job. And uh, that's what I did for the Olympics and for the WWE. And now I, I realize there's a lot more to life than just working out. Yeah, and I think that's, that's important. Like there's a lot of, myself included, there's times where I go through that. I think the pandemic definitely hit upon that where there was depression that set in and, and it was like, am I really living my life to the fullest? What am I doing? And I think a lot of times, Guys especially want to bottle it up, not do anything, or take a pill. And and whatever you want to do, however you want to get over, it's one thing. But I guess seeing somebody that's successful and somebody that is has worked through a lot of different things, 
you know, what was your avenue out of it? Was it to talk? Was it to accept it? Was it just internal? Well, I will tell you, the pandemic really messed me up. Uh, and unfortunately, the pandemic occurred right after I retired. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, you talk about depression, you know, I retired, pressed from that, and then the pandemic hit, and the whole world stood still for a long period of time. Right. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm just kind of coming out of it right now. I had a lot of depression, and, and it set me back for a little bit, but I realize now that there's other things in life that I can enjoy. I can enjoy my family. You know, I can, I can go uh, go to the park with them and, and play with my kids and just do things I normally never did before because my whole entire life, it was always about Kurt Angle. What's best for Kurt Angle? What does Kurt Angle want? What does Kurt Angle need? It was always about me. I, I never thought about anybody else, not my wife or my kids. And now I realize, you know, it was about my wife and kids this whole time. That's the whole right. reason I was doing everything. And it's just really sad. You get to that point and you realize, man, you are a selfish son of a gun. And but rightfully so, you have to be if you're training for the Olympics. Right. And you have to be when you're traveling 300 days for the WWE. But it was very difficult to make that adjustment. So I worked with WWE for a couple of years, like a billion years ago, and I was traveling on the road with them doing some content stuff. And I talked to a lot of the talent about this, because I, I always, this is something that I always thought was really important was how do you balance the life at home with a life on the road? And most of them were very upfront about how it was extremely difficult. What were if possible? Balance. You can't balance it. It's almost impossible. Uh, you, you have to remember in WWE, they're on the road five to six days a week. Yeah. They get home for a day and a half and that's it. That's all the time they have with their family. And when you travel with the WWE, you realize very quickly that your family's no longer at home. It's on the road. Yeah. It's your friends that you're working with that, you know, you're, those are the ones that you're going to be together for most of your life with. And the sad thing is when it's over and you go back to your family and you retire, you don't keep in touch with those guys anymore. And they were the people you trusted the most and the people you were around the most. And now it's like, you know what, once, once you're done with wrestling and you retire, the, no more spending time with those people. It's just ridiculous that it is that way, but it's depressing. That happened to me too. When I left, people I thought I was really tight with yeah. dropped me. Like they were like they were they didn't answer. They ghosted me. They didn't answer texts or calls or whatever. And I definitely felt hurt by it. But I realized that like I got to focus on the people I definitely know are always going to be there regardless of what happened. Nowadays, is it different? Even though I know you said you retired in, in 2017, but you know, you're still connected and you still do make appearances. How has the business changed? You know, I know it's changed drastically because especially at WWE, it became this corporation with HR. But in terms of prioritizing health, do younger up-and-comers, do they approach it differently than say the folks when you were coming up? You mean as far as what? Like, just like talking? prioritizing health, training on the road, nutrition, because everybody well, that... I'll tell you this, back in the early 2000s in WWE, they didn't have any wellness policy. They didn't have any concussion policy. They were pretty much um, open about everything. And, and, and the crazy thing is, once the company became public, like 2003, 2004, um, they started making these policies. And making sure that the company wasn't a liability anymore. So, right. you know, what they do now is everything's geared toward the wrestlers. 
They made sure that they do everything they can to make sure the wrestlers are okay. From a health standpoint, a mental, physical, emotional standpoint, they just have everything together where their policies now are really good. I'll give you an example. I wrestled, I got a concussion one night at a pay-per-view and I went to the back and I was back there and they're trying to get me to go back out again. And I have a concussion and I, right. I ended up going back out. Okay. This was in 2000. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. Okay. Because the company will be, a, it'll be a liability on the company. They can yeah. get sued. So things changed quite a bit. And now they emphasize the athlete. They make sure the athlete's okay. The first priority is the athlete making sure they're healthy and that everything in their life is going well. And I think that their wellness policy now is incredible. And I have to give them credit for that. It used to be like, you know, rub some dirt on it or get back in there. The show's got to go yeah. on. But now it's good that they have people kind of on that side of things. Like, oh, slow down. You don't want to do that. You have a whole life. They're actually over careful now. They really make sure the athletes are okay. I commend them for that. Anything else like in the evolution of your career that changed either for the better or the worse as you, as you were going through? Uh, you know what? Uh, in 2003, I, I broke my neck for the second time. Right. Uh, broke my neck before the 1996 Olympics. Mm -hmm. uh, the second time I broke it was in 2003 at WWE. And uh, I was introduced to painkillers. And man, those things, man, they made me feel energetic. They masked the pain. I couldn't feel any pain in my neck, any pain in my body. And the crazy thing is, you know, you take one for a while and your body builds a tolerance. And then you have to take two, and then two led for four, four led to eight. Before I knew it, within six months, I was taking 65 extra strength biking in a day. My life spun out of control. I was in deep trouble. And not only that, but I was getting injured quite a bit. I blew my knee out, had surgery on that. I broke my neck two more times, had surgery on that. I was in real deep trouble. And I eventually got myself out. I went to rehab, and uh, I've been clean and sober for the last 11 years. But the crazy thing is... Um, you know, th those things are so dangerous. And what I do now today, I wish I had it back then. Uh, I take a product called Curable Active. It's a CBD pain relief cream. And uh, you rub it on your joints, the achy joints, any sore joints, any injuries, any muscle soreness, arthritis. So I apply this four or five times a day. This is my new painkiller. This is what keeps me away from the opiates. And this product is incredible. I've been using it for the past year. And I absolutely love it. And isn't it funny how CBD kind of blew up in the last couple of years, right? And then before that, it was it was vilified along with THC. Now there are people, newer health benefits. Today. Exactly, exactly, right? So it's just funny. It's funny to me how where we're, we're pills and all that stuff is being pushed on people, yet other other methods of pain reduction were vilified, and now we're like, hey, wait, CBD is it's not habit forming. It's certainly not habit forming like opiates, but. It just, it bugs me that so many people had to go through that for nothing, it seems like, because this was available the whole time. Oh, I know. I, I know. And uh, the crazy thing is you were looked down upon if you were smoking weed. You right. Know? And, and now today, half the states in the nation have legalized it. Right. Um, it, it's, it is a very helpful product if you use it the right way. You obviously can get a high as a kite if you want to, but that's, that's not the reason why you do it. You right. Know, you do it because it... It helps with pain. It helps with certain things in your brain. There are so many benefits of CBD. It's incredible. Absolutely. And even now, there's certain substances, whether it's psilocybin or MDMA, things that they're, they're being, they're testing. And 
not testing like you're going to a rave and you're just going to eat this shit and then you're going to go nuts. It's in a controlled environment to see how it can actually help you, whether it can help alleviate depression or help you with anxiety so you can go out and be productive and do things. So to me, I guess I'd rather at this point, I feel like I've seen so many of these things find their way and find useful like purposes instead of just being like, no, they're all terrible because certain people are using them maybe in a way that they shouldn't be. Right. I think that's part of the reason why. I mean, you know, some people just want to do it just to feel good, you know, get high and whatever you want to call it. But I mean, there are so many great benefits to it. I was against it all, all for a bunch of years. I was like, I'm not smoking weed. I'm not taking CBD or THC. Yeah. That's that stuff's bad for you. You know, it's, it's illegal. It's against the law. And, um, now, today, I'm like, man, what the hell was I thinking? Tonight? <laughs> you know, our crazy thing is, I guess the FDA didn't want to make it legal. I'm not sure why, but maybe because they weren't able to make money from it. I, I don't know. But yeah. I think now they probably are because it's been legalized in so many states. So I think then they, they found a good use for, for CBD and THC. And uh, I think that's probably the reason why they're, they're backing it up now. How long have you been taking CBD? Oh, gosh, a year and a half. Not not long because I, like I said before, I was totally against it. Right. You know, I, I was, my mind was set. I, I'm never going near that stuff. All that stuff's going to do is, you know, uh, make me die quicker. That's what I thought. And then uh, when I finally started taking it, I'm like, gosh, man, this, this thing's just saving my life. And not only that, it helped me with depression too. So uh, it really pulled me out of it. And I'm just happy that I actually have a a medical marijuana license. Um, I I don't smoke, but do use THC at times, especially if I have a hard time sleeping, I'll take THC. Me too. But I I don't don't go crazy with it. I just do what I I I would say when I was younger, I definitely would, uh, would abuse the shit out of it. And that's, look, that's being an idiot kid. But as I've gotten older and I have kids... I just want to live longer and be around more. When I, when I was having trouble sleeping, I didn't want to take Ambien. I didn't want to do that. So yeah. um, melatonin just gave me like the, my leg, like the Jimmy legs. I couldn't, I couldn't keep my legs still. So I started to just try to look for other, other things and gummies have helped. I take them sometimes, not all the time, but you know what? That's what I mean. It's when I feel, when I feel rested, not only did I, can I get a good workout and train, I'm more pleasant to be around. I'm more productive. I'm a better dad. I'm a better friend. I'm a better everything. Uh, I had a question too about, I just, on your podcast, you talked about a, it was a 2015 match, I believe with Bobby Lashley. And before it, you were going through some self-doubt, a lot of self-doubt, I guess. And you, you credit this match as one of the ones that really let you know that you still had it. Yeah. What? So when you're going through this self-doubt, like, it's so weird because I see it's Kurt Angle, like the, <laughs> the the performer that goes out there and entertains arenas full of people all the time, that it's funny that even you have these bouts of, shoot, it, it, is it time to go? Like, so can you just kind of talk, walk me through that? Because I feel like, look, I just turned 40. I'm going through that in a lot of different stages of my life. And I don't know, as I said, I'm looking for folks that have gone through it successful people that have gone through it to find different methods to come out of it? Well, you know, uh, for me, I was getting older. I think at that point in time, I was 46 years old and uh, maybe 47 when I wrestled Bobby. And I was slowing down. I, I, I noticed it. 
And it, it made me feel like I wasn't quite the same wrestler I was in the past. And I found tricks in different ways to hide that and, uh, you know, make myself look as good as I used to be. But that match with Bobby at that particular time, I was really doubting myself because I felt like maybe it's time for me to retire. If, I'm, if I lost, lost a step, I don't want the fans to remember me as that broken down old Kurt Angle. I want them to remember me in my prime. And if that means I have to retire early, I'm going to retire early. But when I wrestled Bobby Lashley and my times of doubt, um, I had an incredible match with him. And I went toe to toe with Bobby and he was, you know, he was like 30, 33 years old in his prime. He, he's such an incredible athlete. He looks like a Greek God. Now having that match with him and beating him for the world championship really brought my confidence back. It made me feel like I belonged there. And uh, so that enabled me to wrestle for a few more years. This might, this might come for, as a weird question, but do you, since it seems like you're somebody that's been in a place of self-reflection and understanding and growth, do you have regrets? Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of regrets. But, but at the same time, I, I look back and say, if I didn't go through those, I wouldn't be who I am now. Um, I have regrets about being introduced to painkillers. I have regrets on possibly wrestling too long. My body is really banged up at my age, at 53. You know, I had knee replacements. I, I had three neck surgeries. I'm eventually going to have back surgery and shoulder surgery. Uh, so I feel like I might have been in the sport a few years too long. If I would have backed out, I think I'd be in much better health today. Uh, but uh, for the most part, um, that's it. Those are my only regrets. Other than that, I, I, I don't regret anything I've done in my life. I see what but you like mean. Like I though. said, it made me who I am now. It's tough, right? Because if you didn't, if you didn't go through these missteps, you wouldn't be where you are. Where would you be if you didn't go through them? Maybe somewhere totally different. That's not even, in a, definitely not. Maybe not in a better spot. So yeah, I wrestle with that type of stuff too. Almost like these forks in the road, right? Like, did I take the right direction or what, anything like that? So I find it interesting well, when. Oh, go ahead, sir. Oh uh, no, I, I'm so proud of the accomplishments I made in my life. You know, winning Olympic gold medal, winning 12 World Heavyweight titles in pro wrestling, doing the movies I did, everything like that. But what I'm more proud of are the ruts that I pulled myself out of. It made me feel like I was a fighter, not a quitter. And I'm more proud of uh, pulling myself out of the worst moments in my life, being able to come back up uh, on top and uh, defeat them. And, uh, and that's what I'm more proud of than anything else. Anything with your kids that you're really not looking forward to them bring up that you're just like, oh God, Dating. I don't want to have this Dating. conversation. <laughs> Dating. <laughs> right? I have a daughter that's turning 12 next month. And, uh, she is she is very mature. She has uh, quite the body on her for a 12-year-old, uh, which is really scary. And, uh, you know, it terrifies me that eventually this girl's going to start dating. And uh, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. Oh, that's a, that's when you turn it back on. That's when you can get back into character. Might turn, turn into angry, Kurt. <laughs> exactly. Well, listen, Kurt, I, I I really appreciate your time today, man. I'm appreciative and I'm a fan. And I just want to thank you for the years of uh, entertainment. And thank you for your for being so generous today. Thank you, man. You put on a great interview. I really do appreciate it. Wow, thank you. All right, sir. All right, man. Have a good day. Talk soon. Bye.